0: Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah. Welcome back to Author News Weekly. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ari McGee, joined at least preliminarily by Jim Heskett. Hello. And Pippa Warner, hello. The third Musketeer may or may not be coming later. I don't know, but uh, I just want to tell you guys—you guys are looking good, man. You guys are looking good, Jim. Have you been moisturizing every day? Yeah, of Dude, course. Your, your skin is radiant. Thank Pippa, you,
1: Pippa. Lots of time oh. in the sun. It's going. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing but time in the sun in Minnesota.
0: <laughs> 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 i don't know why i said that whatever
1: All right. <laughs> because i practically glow in the dark
0: <laughs> yeah that's true my wife is very much the same way like sometimes if i'm scared and it's dark i'm like honey honey lift your pant leg show the world
1: <laughs> the just, beacons are lit rohan calls for aid that's right man. <laughs> that's terrible
0: <laughs> aragorn just shows up swinging a sword i'm like well put your pants back on <laughs> So in any event, all right, guys, let's get into this. We've got some interesting stories today. And the first one is from Forbes, Forbes Forbes.com. And the title, it's written by someone named Amy Schoenthal. Uh, The title is, this founder created a social media platform for authors that aims to disrupt the publishing industry. Isn't that what everyone's after? Disruption? Like, isn't that like the buzzword? I'm going to do something. Oh, it's it's
1: definitely the buzzword. It's Mm going to
0: spin everything on its head now. So in any event, the article goes, when Alison Trowbridge was writing her book, 22, she found herself incredibly frustrated by the process. Yeah, no joke. As she started talking to other authors, she found that she wasn't alone in that sentiment. The experience is what sparked the seeds of an ideal. Why was there no social media platform for authors to market their books and forge deep connections with readers that's exactly what trobridge hopes to achieve with her soon to be launched platform copper is this novel or is this something that i think i've seen before
1: i would be perfectly fine if the article said something about like and this is the way that it's going to be different from goodreads except they just do not mention goodreads and like goodreads is a hive of scum and villainy okay i get it Mm -hmm. but like
0: it exists
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's there it's like it's survived as several other things have tried to put it out of business so it really is kind of the elephant in the room yeah
0: yeah jim what exactly is the problem that she's trying to solve oh i'm sorry disrupt what exactly is the flow that she's trying to disrupt here
2: well you know this is not as far as i know the first social media network for authors, there was one a few years ago that was like Instagram for books and it was called lit something like lit fun, lit fan. I don't remember, but it was basically Instagram for books. And I was on there and I remember as soon as I got on, I just emailed support. I was like, Hey, I'm an author. Will you verify my account? And they did. It just took a few minutes, which they probably should have taken longer than that. I don't think they probably even looked me up, but I remember using that and it was tricky because I wanted to post about books I was reading and stuff, but like, I didn't always want to take a picture, you know, it's like Instagram where you have to post a picture and I didn't always, you know, want to like go find a screenshot of the book I was reading or take a picture of it. So that one didn't work out very well, but there's some interesting stuff about this copper social network that I like, you know, I like that they will verify authors and only authors. I like that they can blur spoilers in reviews, which Goodreads does, but Amazon doesn't do. And I wish Amazon did. Oh. Uh, yeah, like live events, doing book clubs, that kind of stuff is cool. It all sounds great. And it sounds like something that I would probably use, especially if they can connect to Facebook's API and do like cross platform sharing. So that's what kills a lot of these things if you have to post separately on Facebook and then post on this thing. But if they tap into the API to allow you to post to, more than one place at once. But the main thing that I don't see here in any of this is what is their plan to attract users? Because there's only one thing that a social media company has to have to be successful, that your social network has to have, and that's users. Because if there's no users, it doesn't matter how great it is. Really, to have a successful social network, all you have to do is take a whole bunch of people, put them in one place on the internet, and then let them hang Keep out them there. there. Yeah, and keep them there. And I don't see that here, but if they have a good plan to go, I don't know, scrape Goodreads somehow and try to get all those users. If they can flood this thing with users from the beginning, it'll be useful. If it takes a while to gather steam, that'll just be uh, a death spiral. You know, because people go there and they see there's nobody else there. I'm not going to hang out.
1: Yeah, Um, like there's no point in being in a book club where no one else in the club because you don't have to log online to do that.
2: yeah a a couple years ago myself in person (laughs) (laughs) a couple years ago Brian Meeks tried to there was a new social media network called Vero that came out a couple years ago that was like had all the big you know VC funding and all this money and was expected to do great things and I remember Brian Meeks at that time was he tried to get all the authors to go on he was like let's take over this social network and make it ours and then I think everybody pitched in for like a month and then got tired of it. So I haven't heard of Vero in a while. Yeah. That's a tough one.
1: Oh, tough look one. who's here. Look
0: who's here. I concur. You know, he doesn't look <laughs> nearly as good as you guys do. Something He's about all low. Wow. Res, well, that's AP objectively wrong. That is a, <laughs> no, no, factually oh, no. incorrect statement. I am only spitting the truth here. They're all moisturized and rested looking and stuff. And, you're fuzzy, so I'm all bleary-eyed and <laughs> disgusting. So, Nick, if I you, didn't say it. if you <laughs> <laughs> if you want to uh, hop in on this real quick before we leave, or you can take a pass. It's this new social media platform that Allison Trowbridge is starting.
3: Yeah, man, I'm not sure what was said, so I'll just give kind of my brief overview of this thing. Is I don't really understand the unique differentiation from what currently exists. I mean, it sounds a little bit like Goodreads, it sounds a little bit like Facebook or Twitter. I get the whole desire of wanting to make it readers and writers, but I'm not sure how they're going to do that. And I think the only reason we're really talking about it is that they have a $2.3 million investment from some venture capital firm to build it. Not that it's actually, you know, good.
1: Oh, one other thing I did hear from one of the guys at D2D, is that they are only doing literary fiction. They're not doing genre fiction.
0: Mm-hmm. This copper thing is only doing literary fiction?
1: Which I did not get out of the article.
0: Oh. oh but it hosts. seems like
1: the person would have.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, I didn't read I'm that in the article. sure romance,
1: but... <laughs> if, like, if they're going to do book clubs, romance is going to be in there. But... If they want it to work, huh. yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, I didn't then read you can that go fuck article article
3: right off. Or <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it, it does seem like they're kind of in the literary whatnot.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I can see well,
0: okay. Well, if it's literary only, then they have no chance of succeeding. So sorry. Sorry for you. What was her name? Stephanie or Leslie or in any Al- of it? Allison. <laughs> Allison. Lo siento, Allison. In any event, we'll move on. We'll keep an eye out on that. And uh, maybe we'll see if Copper has any chance. All right. Next up, our next story comes to us from Alessandra Torre, who I really kind of started paying attention to in the last like six months or so. Somehow she started emailing me stuff and I guess I got on her list. And, you know, she has timely information. She seems like she does a really good job with the stuff she sends out. So I actually enjoy the emails that I get from her. This one is called Email Tips for Authors. She says she surveyed 1,100 readers to find out their email preferences, specifically in regards to contact from authors. Now, I think we've spoken about this mm, several months ago. I think Written Word Media did something similar, but it's nice to get another perspective on it and to kind of see some of the things that readers are saying, or at least her readers expect from her or what they appreciate. The first question was, how often should an author email their readers? And this says that most of the responses were, Uh, 37% wanted emails once a month, 28% wanted twice a month, 20% wanted weekly contact, and 15% only wanted an email if there was a new release or a book was on sale. Uh, And then she's got some more numbers and a nifty graph and stuff down here. What do you guys think? Any of these numbers surprise you down there from her? Pippa, you said something first.
1: (laughs) I am surprised that the bulk of them want once per month or more. Like, I think it's just my own bias talking of, like, oh, God, I'm going to annoy them by emailing so often. But, like, okay, that's good to hear.
2: I thought it was very interesting that 35% of the people who responded to the survey are subscribed to at least 16 authors' newsletters, which is a lot. There was one – I do those book sweeps, Ryan Z promos a couple times a year, and Uh then every – you know, you're in a, um, a Facebook giveaway with 50 other authors. And then at the end of it, you get, you know, a spreadsheet with 500 or 700 or a thousand emails in it. And so I always email those people right away. But then I, <laughs> one day I did that, and I stopped and I thought, you know, each one of these people are getting 50 emails from authors just today, mm-hmm. 50 emails. And I've talked to some of my readers who subscribe to, you know, a hundred or more authors and they're on their ARC teams, and they get all their new releases. The moral of the story here is this is why your subject lines need to kick ass, because it doesn't matter how much you want to reach those people. If they're getting dozens or hundreds of emails a day, even dozens of them just from authors, you need to stand out just among the other authors to get noticed. It's crazy how many emails people get every day, how many from authors, and we have to work really hard to stand out and get noticed.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that, Nikolai Volkov. What you got, man? Yeah, I'm just going to throw my blank statement about
3: statistics and surveys in here. I don't trust any of them. Statisticians will tell you that all models only say what they are told to say, and this is an example of that. And I don't mean specific, you know, outcomes. I just mean you have to consider who the people are that took this survey. How did she reach out to them? It was through email. So she emailed people to take a survey. And they took Who were survey, already on her list. Who are already on her list. That means something there that we can make some, you know, uh, take some data from. But they also were the type of people to respond via email or to click yeah. a link via email. How many readers did she have on that list who, let's, let's just make one up. Let's say that, okay, Sally's a reader on Alessandra's list who loves hearing from Alessandra and would be okay with getting an email every day from her. Sally, however, is not the kind of person to click a link and take Alessandra's survey because she doesn't really care. That person is not going to be statistically represented at all in this survey. Does that make sense? So, known, and it's an example of an unknown. We can throw that out if we want, but that's how you do bad statistics. <laughs> so, I don't believe any of this. I've seen statistics and surveys like this before, and they don't mean anything. Do whatever you want, test it yourself. If you're an author who doesn't really like me, I don't release a book very often. So, I'm not going to email my list as much. Someone's releasing a book a month, then maybe they should have more touch points with their readers. But I don't think a survey. Is going to help make that decision for me. Nothing against Alessandra; she's great. Mm. Yeah, I feel there's it, a feel reason it. why surveys studied in college, like that's a that's not even just it's a, a, whole course. Ass it's a whole degree time.
0: plan. You know,
3: it's a big, yeah. it's a whole ass thing, and never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing.
0: That's right, I agree, Mister Swanson. So, the thing that I found was interesting was there were two questions: Do readers buy new really And now obviously taking into account everything you just said nick i know this is not an accurate representation of the populace at large or anything but no no that's my uh, fault
3: i'm just pitching i mean i there was no, no, no british no, no, no. I rant about today so i just decided yeah. to take surveys on. i, wanted, salt, I yeah. wanted
0: to give you a week off man i didn't know this was gonna touch a nerve jim wizard. wouldn't let me he kept he was like oh hey man join when you can <laughs> so 56 percent of her respondents said that they sometimes buy new releases and full price books and then 50% of her respondents say that they sometimes buy discount or free books which kind of is interesting I I thought the numbers would skew higher for the discount or the free ones than it would for full price things and I wonder if that's just a testament to her relationship with her readers or if that would kind of bear out over a larger you know kind of audience
1: I would guess that, again, this is absolutely a guess, but that the people who are willing to respond to a survey from an author's mailing list are much more likely to be buying books.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you guys are all right. It's kind of interesting. But in any event, good for Alessandra. You know, keep sending me emails. I like them. If you hear this, which I'm sure you will as soon as we drop this, because you're waiting to listen to us. All right. Obviously. Next story. Now, this is kind of a takeoff of what we talked about last week. There was a little kerfluffle in the social media world about people arguing about how much they have to write and whether you can skip days as a writer and all that stuff. And So, you know, I was needling Nick a little bit, saying you got to write all the time and all that stuff. But ultimately, I think that the four of us, not Pippa, Craig was guesting for you last week, kind of came to the conclusion that, You have to write as often as you want to write and make it sustainable. But like Jim mentioned, sometimes you got to write when you don't want to, or you're probably not an author if you never write when you don't want to write. So to paraphrase Mr. Heskett up there. So in any event, this is kind of a cool story. Guys, I got to be honest with you. I love hearing about people's process. I'm probably going to start a show about that where all I do is talk to people about their process because the most interesting thing to me is process. And this is 10 legendary writers and their daily word counts. It comes from the writing cooperative by someone named Alvin Ang. So these are people that were often put up in front of us as paragons of the community or the profession. And this is the kind of output that they have. So uh, number one, you've got Papa Hemingway writes 500 words a day or wrote, (laughs) I should say, wrote 500 words a day. And he preferred to only write in the mornings. He had a word count of 500 words. And I think that's kind of interesting. So we go down through this list of 10 people, Neil Gaiman, James Joyce, Mark Twain, Stephen King, Anne Rice, and they all have different things and they all manage to be prolific. Well, maybe not all of them are prolific, but they're all famous writers. So taking a look at this, do any of these things kind of resonate with you? Does any of these authors have a process or an output similar to yours. I just blathered on for about three minutes. Nick, do any of these guys look like they resemble your output? I think I'm between James Joyce and William
3: Faulkner on this list. 90 Somewhere words a day, day, huh? Seven <laughs> words a day to 10,000 words a day. I long ago stopped doing the daily thing just because I didn't want to anymore. I do think that as writers, it's important to write when we don't want to write, but I don't think it's necessary. And sometimes it's counterintuitive. What's the right word? Um, Counterproductive. Counterproductive, thank you, to write because we have some arbitrary number of words we have to get a day. I switched to a weekly word count. And it's even then, it's kind of a goal that I don't always hit because words that I write per day don't pay the bills. The books that I publish do. And so if it takes me a month to write 80,000 words or a year, I still only have one book at the end of it. So I guess the argument could be that you know if I could just write every single day, I would get books done faster. But I've tried that and it's not necessarily true. I don't know if that's helpful to anybody, but that's my story and I'm sticking
2: to it.
1: Generally, what I take from my word count is if it I'm tracking sprints and if the average per sprint drops off and stays low over about a week like okay something is wrong i need to adjust something Hmm. i'm scattered i'm not focused i'm am i not rested am i not
0: do i hate this thing that's on the screen in front of me with the passion of a thousand suns occasionally
2: (laughs) i know know. (laughs) jim what do you think man what you got i don't know if i really have anything to add to this what's been said already other than to tell the alvin ang the guy who wrote this article that he meant to say the perfect number of words, not amount of words, to write every day. Mm. Number and amount is one that bothers me, like um, lesser and fewer. That one bothers me. Further that and farther one. is my big one. Yeah. <clears> okay, six can you burn, burn, Alvin. I just... Number is for things that are pluralized, like words. Uh, oh, amount, okay. amount is for singular, like rain or happiness. Anything oh, that's okay. singular would be described as an amount of something.
1: Okay, now do further, farther. So, Jim,
2: is there a perfect amount of word to write every day? Perfect amount of wordiness to engage in <laughs> every <The> day. Wordiness
3: <laughs> in which to engage, commence upon the day the sun
0: rises. All right, right on. Yeah, good stuff. I enjoy this kind of thing. So it's nice to see that there are a lot of different ways to skin a cat, so to speak. So while well, Faulkner was really cranking it down, 10,000 words a day. He's in some Pippa territory there, man. Good Lord. All right. Ah, uh, to be younger cat. So let's go to our next story, which is kind of a weird thing. I don't actually know where I found it. And I was more than a little surprised that my book showed up on this thing. uh, One of my books, it's an aptly titled website called how long to read. And uh, it's just like a little landing page. And it says, search a book to see how long it takes to read. So you put the title of a book in and it'll tell you how long it should take you to read it. If you read like an average person, you're not a speed reader or a complete moron. And that is funny, right? And so apparently my first book, Forceful Intent, should take you four hours and 31 minutes to read. And I don't know why I think that's cool, but I think that's cool. Pippa, how long does your book take to read? Does it tell you over there?
1: Yes. First one in my Shadowborn series takes five hours and 34 minutes.
0: Well, a solid hour longer than me. So that means your book's probably (laughs) 110,000 words, something like that, 105, 110?
1: Yeah, right around there, as I recall. Yeah. It's got the word count very off because it's like, oh, it should be around 80,000 words. Like, no, it's not, no.
3: (laughs) Mine's the opposite. I just looked up mine and Jim's uh, Subtle Target, which is the second book in the Six Assassins series. Apparently, it would take five hours and 48 minutes to read, and the word count is 104,000. Which is off by a factor of, like, I don't know, the factor of something. I don't do math. 40,000. <laughs> Jim's vehemently shaking his head. Like, a I know I did factor of
1: 40,000? Good well lord. Well, you yeah. wrote three, three words.
3: words. If the factor is one word, it's off by a factor of 40,000.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Like, I don't remember writing 104,000 words for that book.
2: No. Not at yeah, all. there was. It a very some... long copyright page. <laughs> There are some factual things. Like I'm looking at Primary Target, the book that precedes that, and it says it would take three hours and 22 minutes. But then it says that the audiobook duration yeah. would be six and a half hours, and then it is 95,000 words, which is about 40,000 right. words too many. So I don't know quite where they're getting this information from, but I need to. Uh, My need guess to is they're drawing it,
1: it out of Amazon's fucking page count thing, which is just a shit show. So,
2: well, they
3: have links to the books on audio if they're available. But Audible also says the audiobook duration. I don't know why they wouldn't just scrape that and get the actual duration, you know? Well,
2: and what's interesting here is on primary target, I can see that the book description is a different version than the one that appears on Amazon because there's a line in the hook that Nick and I disagreed about. And this version is the version that I made, but the version that Nick actually published on Amazon is different than this hook. So I don't know where they're pulling this from. This is not the correct book description. For primary? Yeah.
3: I'm surprised that we ever disagreed about something. I don't think that actually happened. Maybe it
2: was just in my head. <laughs> so we maybe agreed. I disagreed with I you think, in my head. I think so you a-
1: disagree that you two disagree?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't agree a, to that. We, agree, we disagree to uh, agree.
0: He had a lot of conversations <laughs> with you in his head when he was telling you to... <laughs> Kisses keister, I think. <laughs> it's like, no, Jim. No, that's not professional. Washing his hair in the shower, crazy. just sitting
1: there like, and another thing. Dude. Yeah.
0: Just yeah. wait. Wait till he tells me to change that hook. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, for anyone listening who wanted to know how long it would take to read War and Peace uh, by Tolstoy, from wherever they're getting this data, it says that at a speed of 300 words per minute, it would take one day, six hours and 26 minutes to read War and Peace. So, yeah, I hope you have some time in front of you before you attempt that.
1: Never read mm. War and Peace.
0: Nah, and I'm not going to if it's going 24 <laughs> <laughs> hours of my 30 hours of <laughs> my life. This is kind of how Word. I respond
1: to the Wheel of Time stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a show yeah. coming out. It's like, okay, excellent. That'll. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cliff's Notes for the 22nd <laughs> century or whatever. All right. So we got a last thing kind of to wrap this up. This is not exactly a uh, book related, right? But I feel like this is something burning in my soul that I have to get off my chest. All right. Mm-hmm. So a few weeks ago, I don't know if you guys remember, but we talked about Mary Shelley, right? And we were talking about Frankenstein. And sure. I said, hey, I think it would be a great idea to have her husband write a book and you could have an adventure series about it and da I said Nick that's a free idea you can have right and he laughed at me he defecated all over my idea and all i was trying to do was give the guy a million dollar idea for free and i'm just trying to give it to the guy and he just dumped all over it so i want to redeem myself okay i found this and i thought that nick should consider writing something about this cuz it's cooler than the book thing okay this is from IntelligentLiving.co, and it's titled, Russia Considers Resurrecting 3,000-Year-Old Scythian Warriors Via Cloning. Oh, sure. Now, come on. That's a solid idea right there, Nick. Isn't that better? Sorry,
3: I'm still closing all the ads that popped up on this like, website. That I didn't even find this. I-
0: I don't know. I didn't mean to give you your like, computer AIDS. I just wanted to like
3: clicked on Facebook, which led you to Reddit, which led you to BuzzFeed, which led you to this. Is that how you got here? You know what? You might not
0: be wrong. <laughs> <You might> not. <laughs> that sounds like that a sounds possible plausible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I event. think
3: I did this story on my other podcast stuff that's real that you didn't know was real, but also
2: is cool. Hmm. Well good. I think this wasn't good. Jim. Jim's little sigh, deep sigh. <laughs> yeah. I still can't believe podcast. that's the actual title of the show. I thought you were joking.
1: It reminds Why? me do of uh, not, upvoted not, not because me? girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> upvoted not because girl, but
0: because what video or something
3: it, like that? But yeah, because cool,
1: but I admit that I originally clicked because it was a girl.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because I spent <laughs> some time in that Reddit. It's fun.
1: <laughs> All right, guys.
0: Well, it looks like Nick's gonna take that ideal and make a million dollars, and it's on tape now that I gave it to him and I'm going to get paid too. So <laughs> I don't guys think there's got...
3: anything on tape about you getting paid anything. You said it was for free.
0: Uh-oh. Did I? Jim, we're going to have to roll this back right again. <laughs> When you publish this, I want to hear what it says, okay? We're going to ask court. Titan, uh, our editor, <laughs> <laughs> editor. Leave it <laughs> in, He's Titan. Leave it in. Leave it in. Don't erase it. Okay, guys. <laughs> if we don't have anything else to add, alright, I see nothing. Thanks for listening. I'm Ari McGee saying this meeting is over. Goodbye everybody.